Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to another episode of Indie Invasion Shorts. Here, I got a, I got a new word while we're waiting for people to jump on and join us. Uh, I, I just came out of the blue and I'm, I told Mary, I'm going to sell it. We're going to make it a thing. Put it, it's going to trend. I'm going to trend. Go ahead. Go viral. Okay. I'm going to call all our viewers. Where's my geeps? Where's my geeps? Do you know what, what words I uh, combine there? Uh, gamer peeps. There you go. Yeah. You got it. Where's my geeps? Where's my geeps? Well, welcome to the Indie Invasion shorts episode. I'm Mac. That's Eric. In case you didn't know. Cheers. Um, cheers. Cheers. Oh, Tonio's here. Our first geep. He's the first geep. All cheers. Right, all right. We're going to be missing our, our coffee friend this morning, Alder, in Australia, because he already said he is working. So... We shall raise our glasses to you, well, sir. May, and, I, I hope it maybe he sneaks in for a little bit. Maybe, maybe, uh, you know, he might have a, he might have and a take a bathroom break, break, you know? Yeah. 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 A little <laughs> bathroom break or something in there. But uh, in yeah, they were talking on the discord about who's wearing shorts for shorts tonight. And um, yeah, I am one, two, three layers on. Right well, now. I mean, it's pretty chilly here. You know, it's only going to be 62 tomorrow. So, you know, sometimes it gets down got, that cold. You got to grab a hoodie. We got to a whopping <laughs> 36. That's your high, though. That's my low. So, Tonio's got flip-flops, but no shorts. So, okay. it's halfway there. Oh, here halfway. I got another another word for you. Uh-oh. I just heard this one when we talk about flip-flops. Slaps. Is that one you Slap. use? Yeah. Where are my Slap. slaps? Because they slap no. your foot when you walk. No, Spaz, 62 Fahrenheit. Sorry. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, 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 sorry. So what you been working on, Eric? What's going on? I've been bad already. Oh. Yeah, since we've had our New Year's resolution, one of mine was to work on half models. Not I happening. haven't even touched a thing. No. But this is a really bad time of the year for me at work where it's super cold and it just, it drains it out of me. By the time I get home from dealing with ice and snow out there, I'm just wiped out. Well, you know, everyone who's currently watching knows what the solution is for you. Yes. Move, move from the frigid North and problem (laughs) solved, problem solved. Well, I have been uh, crazy, like trying to get some terrain finished up because I am leaving for siege of Augusta tomorrow. So that will be my, won't be my first con since all the COVID stuff because we ran Coastal Con last year. Um, Where is Siege it, exactly? Uh, it's in Augusta, Georgia. So it's Augusta, from, Georgia. Okay. For me, it's about two hours and change, depending on if I hit any traffic, which is highly unlikely that I'll hit any traffic. But um, so I'm heading up there tomorrow, and I'm going to meet Alan. <laughs> nerd traveling. That's right. <laughs> Watch out. I'm going solo, though. I have no cohorts to travel with me this time. So that's a little bum, but a little bit of a bummer. But everybody's going to be up there, so I'll bump into everybody. And I've been even more of a madman because uh, through through the providence of God, I have secured a place for Coastal Con. Um, I had canceled it, and I don't know why it never occurred to me before this, but my sister works a night shift at a motel. You know, just to make a little little side hustle, right? Yeah. They have a banquet room. It's not huge, but I was like, so how much is that? And it ended up being really cheap. So I was like, oh, dang. Well, we'll do our first three days then. 
So that was really cool. I managed to get that. So I'm kind of running around like a chicken with my head cut off right now, trying to get all that stuff um, put into place. But I was really, really encouraged by the uh, response that I got when I said that I was going ahead with it. I was really encouraged by the response. I, when I said for people to message me, I got a whole bunch of messages that day. So that was good. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people are hungry for some cons, you know, and getting together and gaming. Um, one of these, we, I mean, we got to just bust through the that gate, you know, eventually and yeah. just get back to that fun. Yeah. Oh, there's Alder. Look, he did manage to take a break. Please. We're having our coffee. We already toasted you, sir. Yeah. Yeah. We weren't sure if you were going to make it. Todd says he would have come, but he's already booked. You know what? Whatever it is, is not as important unless it's with your wife. But you could just bring her because, the it, you know, it's actually kind of funny because it's Coastal Con, you know, because I'm on the coast. But the hotel that we're going to be in is literally walk out the front door, cross the street, and you are on the wharf for downtown. Okay. So you're on you're on the Beaufort River as soon as you walk out the front door. And it's all intercoastal waterway. So, yeah, pretty cool. sweet. Cool. Bring the family, Todd. He says he has to have a family visit. Bring the family. It's nice here. It's at the beach. You know? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I tried. Give me an A for effort. Alder, Alder, I'll let you off the hook that it's too far for you. I mean, if yeah. you could ride your motorcycle, you'd probably still go ahead and do it because we all know, I mean, I used to ride too before I got run over twice, but then, you know, then it would have happened. Um, Antonio even talked about it, but yeah, that's a pretty long drive in the border. So, and to be fair, to be fair, give me a few more years and the 18 hour drive might be worth it because right now we are still a pretty small convention. Hours. Um, yeah. Well, that's what I drove to get to you. I think that's what I did when I came. Well, not yeah. quite that. Cause it was a pretty far North of you, uh, last yeah. year. So but shall we get into tonight? Well, we got, I, uh, I reckon we should. We got kind of an interesting talk. Uh, and tonight we're talking crunchy games or the complexity of them, right? Um, crunchy, crunchy, crunchy. To crunch or not to crunch, that is the question. We're going to look at crunchy games, complexity of them, like I just said. And do you prefer them? Not or like crunchy, like... Not like crunchy, like crunch berries, though, right? Okay, without milk. Um, <laughs> or do you like the other side of the coin and you like intuitive games? The games that you can learn in five minutes and still have plenty of joy playing them. There's games you can learn in five minutes? Sure. Wow. <laughs> and I want to know what the complex games are that everybody has that they play too. Yeah, if you guys I'm got in that. any of those uh, experiences and examples, uh, Throw them at us. Uh, we have a couple, I but I think that I have the winner of complex games. I'm, I I think I have the winner, and anybody out there that's played it will, will feel the pain. Great game, but super complex. I'll get to that towards the end. But okay. Um, so well, let's jump in. So that probably the biggest thing about the long game or the the crunchy games is the length of them, yeah. right? Um, I've had, we've got a guy in our community here that periodically does a Twilight Imperium game. Now, to be fair, I don't know how complex Twilight Imperium is. 
I don't know if it's super complex. I know it's a resource management kind of game, but it's also more board gaming, so not my thing. But I also know that he'll that he'll post pictures. He'll say, "Okay, we're starting at seven, and at eleven, they're like, okay, turn one is over." Yeah, I'm yeah. like, I can't do that. I, part of the reason I got out of 40k was the whole you take your turn and if you're an orc player, which I was, it's going to take me 40 minutes to do my turn. Cause I got to move everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you just standing around on the other side of the table and I don't like that. So, so the length can be a real killer on those. Okay. Yeah. That was one of the main things that I thought of complex game is that uh, how long it takes to play. I mean, there's, there's also a ton of rules usually associated with crunchy games, uh, you know, like conditions, uh, many steps to play the game. So like you just said, it could take you, uh, what, an hour to do turn one. Now, sure. some of that may depend on the number of players. Uh, in miniatures world, it's usually one versus one, but there are a lot of games out there that you can do a little team aspect. So yeah. you're partnering up with somebody. And, and that can so add to the t- length. I've got a crunchy one. I have no idea what game it is. I just distinctly remember... We were at NashCon running games and I was walking around and there was a big historical game going on. I want to say it was either American Revolution or Civil War game. Mm -hmm. And there was this one dude and he must have been on his phone for two hours straight before he took his turn. And they started that game at 10 o'clock in the morning. And when I left at midnight, they were still playing. I'm like, man, I, I don't think I could, I don't think I could do that. I don't think I would enjoy that. Yeah. Um, Alder says too much yeah. crunch puts him off. He's too old to remember all the rules. <laughs> and uh, you know, so that's fair. That's so fair. Tim, I got you on this one. Battletech can be pretty crunchy, the old Battletech, but it is hard to let go of your first love. I remember my OG box set of Battletech uh, with the little, with the models in it. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the other points about crunchy games, and now these are kind of some of the negatives, but we will get the positives, uh, is yeah. Like, uh, Alder said, sometimes that stuff is hard to remember or yeah. in that fact, master when you're playing, you're, you know, yeah. you're playing the game and you just can't break that code or figure out that puzzle of what's going to work to be successful in the yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. And that can be frustrating sometimes. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, but, and, and then they, they can be expensive yeah, because there can be a lot to them, but I mean, you can, you can flip that over. You can flip that UGW right now, (laughs) (laughs) but you can flip that on its head too, because any of them can, as long as there's stuff being released. Um, take wild west exodus. Okay. It's not a super crunchy game. But there's constant releases, so if you're a completionist, it's gonna it's gonna be expensive. Yeah. Oh, now, Bob, Bob. Okay, okay. I'm gonna have to let my secret out earlier. I'm with you on that one, Bob. That was my secret one. There is nothing no. I've ever seen that says crunch like Starfleet battles, man. These guys are uh, hitting some of our examples already. Oh, so they but they, they but know okay. what we're talking about for crunch games though, I love Starfleet battles. It is a good fun game. It takes forever. Mm-hmm. there's a lot to it. There's a lot of planning. I think it's like, it's the OG resource management where you're managing your warp power and your reactor power. So, and that, that could be a lot of fun. It makes you feel yeah. like you're in the world, right? 
Yeah, it it really does. I think as far as a um a space simulation game, it kind of gave you the overall the I think the best feeling for it. But it there was a lot to it. Now, I mean, you mm-hmm. were you were running um, uh, emergency teams, and you could do boarding parties, and you were uh, re- rerouting power to different shields and stuff. So there was just you could do everything that you saw in the show. And you were doing it from a, like the captain's seat. So, but yeah, I got you, Bob. Nothing says crunch like Starfleet battles. I, I want to know if anybody can top that because that one's that that's a beast. So since we're moving into positives of crunchy games, uh, you know, one of the, the things I thought about positive for crunch games is that they can have a lot of flavor in the fluff uh, characters or environment, right? And you're talking about right. Star Trek like you said, you feel like you're in the show playing the game. Oh yeah. You're buried in it, man. Yeah. And I mean, now some of that, when we're talking about the complexity of the game and it's hard to master, but that could be good for you to keep you coming back to the table to play the game. You know, it's, we go back to that puzzle. You're trying to solve that puzzle. And yeah, a lot of people generally like, you know, that figuring that out. You know, it's still fun to engage in that game and play with your buddies. Yeah. And I think that so referencing Starfleet Battles again, I think that they did that really well in that regard. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is you could play it at different levels so that you were progressively mastering different aspects of the game. You didn't have to go all in and do absolutely everything like Bob said, and only you guys that have played will get this. I'm three short of overcharging my phasers. Do I burn my batteries now or save them for my shields? Right. Those are legit questions you're asking yeah. when you're doing in the, uh, the planning phase for the game. Um, oh, we've got a new person watching uh, Mr. Robinson. Hello. Yes. Starfleet battles, all time fave. Yes. We're with you on that one. Well, I'm with you on that one. I've got mine right over here on the shelf. Um, and then Todd said Battlefleet Gothic. Now, I didn't find Battlefleet Gothic to be too crunchy, but I was buried up to my eyeballs in everything Games Workshop at the time. Yeah. So I think it kind of just flowed into it. And I still have mine. I, I still have my rule book, and I don't have any ships left, but I do still have my rule book and my measuring sticks and all that good stuff. Yeah, so <laughs> I... Th- I, I think that, you know, games like that can have that deep world that you can explore and uh, yeah. have fun in trying to figure out that puzzle. And sure. I see Spaz is mentioning one that we will put a pin in later. <laughs> pin in that right there. Just put a pin in it right there. I'm going to put it right there in the middle of the screen. So, yeah, so we've, there's a lot of good stuff to them, though. Um, yeah. Especially if you like that, they can they can really challenge your your tactical thinking because those yeah. crunchy games remove a lot of the randomness of the dice. It's not yeah. that you're not still rolling dice, but it does remove a large amount of that randomness so that your tactics genuinely play a part in it. You could be playing yeah. some games and you have the best tactics in the world and you just roll badly and you're like, well, there's no, there's no way to recover from that. I've just yeah, lost more planning involved in it, you right, know, it, right. uh, like way far ahead turn wise. It's almost like you got to plan these steps out to get that, that goal. That's way and, out. And, and to be fair, even though we're not competitive players, crunchy games work really good for competitive play because there's lots of rules. 
So there's lots of you can do this, you can't do that. So it you know, it it kind of sets boundaries for the game, and that makes that makes for good competitive play. Is when yeah. there's boundaries, people know what they can and can't do. So, so we mentioned oh. some examples here already. Uh, we we've already mentioned Robotech. That was one that I thought of. BattleTech. BattleTech. I mean, Battletech. not Robotech. Yeah, um, I don't think Robotech ever got off the ground. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I mentioned GW already. Um, some of the, you know, whether it was Warhammer Fantasy or 40K, um, right. you know, it, it seemed like, and I don't know if so much the rules or the fact that every six to <laughs> 12 months they're putting the, you know, tweaks on it. So it's like right. you're constantly learning adjustments. Um, and I, and you know, when we talk about GW games, you kind of got to think about, some of the privateer press ones like hordes and war machine, right. very similar type of aspect of games where you're big, large army battles um, or like what we said, twilight Imperium, those big, right. long full day games that, you know, right. you play a whole afternoon. So, right. No, thank All you. All right. So I, if oh, anybody well, else, wait, hold on, we before we transition, hold on. Mr. Robinson says advanced squad leader gives Starfleet battles a run for its money on crunch. Mm -hmm. I haven't played that, but I've got a friend that does, and I will probably see him tomorrow. So I go. Oh, I hate to say this, but he'll probably be playing it at Siege of Augusta. So I may just have to jump in. Thank you very much, sir, for the reference. And I'll there have you to go have to do a little comparison but then i'll have to come back and play another game of starfleet battles because i haven't played it in a long time so there you go <laughs> well shall we move to the other side of the coin intuitive games um i yeah. now i didn't want to say simplified games because that just makes it seem like oh this is just like your throwaway roll and move type of game but not not necessarily like that when i think of intuitive games i'm thinking of well, basically games with less rules to worry about to play the game. You know, right. they're not like uh, pages and pages and pages of rules that you got to try and remember. It may be, you know, a couple things like, say, in board game world, you're engine builders. So you're going to collect resources to, right. you know, eventually build up this tableau of a machine to play. Um, now, there are a lot of miniature games that are like this um you know some that we've recently talked about that pop in my head is like maybe rain and hell that's not that a hard game it's pretty right. intuitive yeah um but some of the positives for intuitive games are you know they're quick plays so you can get in multiple yeah. games um like i mentioned easy to remember the rules and what you have to do and you know what these can still have a lot of flavor in them uh, there's yes. a lot of games that, yeah, they're pretty quick plays, but uh, they're pretty deep in its world. Once again, Rain and Hell has this big fluff background in it. Now, it may not apply like totally to the game, like, you know, right. the in world type environment, but it gives you that backdrop to play. Well, I, the think game. One, I think one of the things that like that puts you off of saying simple is I think what makes the games intuitive versus the crunchy games is that really no matter how many of them you play, I don't care if you're playing uh, Twilight or you're playing Moonstone or Urban Manhunt or mm -hmm. Twisted or Twisted. Thank you. Or the, 
<laughs> I missed it when I went like that. Or, or the ground earth. By the way, Todd, I saw that meme you posted with the uh, with the bell. That was perfect. Uh, but because there have been so many small scale skirmish games over the past decade, really coming out, yeah, a lot of the stuff is similar. You know, a game might bring a new aspect, but in general. You, you have a lot of similarities. So that kind of by default makes those games intuitive because you're doing a lot of the same exact things. Yeah. So you, you the get mechanics. to the point, where, right. you get to the point where you've played so many of those skirmish mechanics that you're just like, Oh, all right. Oh, I'm just going to basically skip over most of the movement section. Cause I get it. I know how it works. Mm -hmm. I'll look at what the terrain model, you know, rough terrain is or impassable, whatever they are for that. Because and so that by default makes it intuitive because they're all very similar. Not busting on any of them. I'm just saying that there's a similar thread that runs through all of them. So that makes it a little easier. And the crunchy games, they can add so many different layers of rules that it really kind of gets it gets away from that. So that you have all of those different things. Yeah. Yeah. And and also probably the big one for a lot of people is they're cheaper to get into. You know, you yeah. don't have to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars just to get something to the table. Well, I a think lot you, of times it's I, just a starter. You're good I think to go. You had a key word there, though. You don't have to. Yeah. So this this group of people that that uh, typically listens to indie invasion, we know who you guys are, and you know who you are. There's a whole bunch of completionists <laughs> in this <laughs> crowd. So have to. We're not sure exactly what that means. Yes, we have to. Yes. Fear of missing yeah. out, right? Don't well, and that's one of the things I like about these intuitive games is a lot of them seem to be agnostic too. Uh, yeah. They, you know, they kind of tailor to that, uh, you know, use whatever you want type of thing. So, uh, you know, you contribute that to being, you know, the, the charm of an intuitive game. Yes. Um, now, can you think oh, of wait, look at we must buy all the moonstone models. Okay, I'm good. I am good for <laughs> buying all the moonstone models. Did you got your stuff, didn't you, Eric? Mm -hmm. yeah, I got them I, put together, but I just no paint on them yet. E e exactly. Exactly. I, I really need to get some more. Spaz says, Do you do you have to have a hardcover book? Yes, two of them. At least two. Wait, Spaz. Wait. At least two. Wait, do I still have it? And, and look here. And then Alder, see, you guys are all jumping on. You understand what's this? You don't have to have everything? That's what I'm saying. I thought that's what we were all about here. Uh, I love. And on a, on a different note, I love those Moonstone models. I love everything about those Moonstone models. I missed that last sale. I was I had way too much money. That's me, Mr. Hardcopy. Yep. I had way too much money in my basket when he was having the big sale. When was that? Was it before oh, that or that was a while ago. It was a while ago, but it was a before yeah. Christmas. It was like yeah. a holiday Black Friday sale. Yeah. 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 So I, I missed that. Uh, so I'll get around to it. Because even if it's just for the rule book, because I got to have the book. I got to have the book. And then what Todd say here, Frostgrave, Crunchy, if you want beer and pretzels is also an option. Yeah, that's a that's yeah. kind of a... Um, how deep uh, you want to go, basically, yeah, right? Yeah, how complex, how many layers do you want in the game? I think one of the other things, too, about the non-crunchy games that you had had uh, mentioned earlier in, in the notes was talking about the world. 
and there's uh, there's like these two diametrically opposed schools of thought on it. And I think both of them are, are great. And one is just a, a rich, thick world, totally fleshed out. I mean, you know everything that's going on. And then you have the, okay, here's a surface painting for you. Go do whatever you want. Yeah. So there's kind of those two schools of thought. And I, I like both of them. Because neither one of them makes it so that you can't add your own stuff to it. It's just that one has given you this, this much broader painting of, of what the world looks like. Mm-hmm. And then the other one's just like, hey, here's the baseline for it. You go go do you in this yeah. in my world. Make your own story. Yep. So now can we think of any negatives for uh, an intuitive game? You know, they have another side to them too. Uh, like... Uh, they may not be as deep a world, like you kind of mentioned yeah. a little bit, a little bit more free form. Um, may not be as apparent, but it could be there, right? Um, I and think one, go ahead. One, I think one of the things is because those intuitive type games, because because they do they tend to be skirmish games. I mean, realistically, yeah. and, and there's just so many of them. There's just so many. And I think that I think that it can get lost because you can have a great game. I was actually Alan and I were talking to Mike Tunez over at Firelock Games just the just yesterday. I think it was yesterday. And he was mentioning, you know, he said, it doesn't matter how good your game is if you if people aren't playing it. So I think because the market has so many of those intuitive type games out there. It's just it's hard to get a it's hard to get a foothold. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, they kind of blend together. Um, yeah, you, it's almost like you gotta go out of your way to make something new, original, or something yeah. stand out for it to get noticed. Um, yeah, in it. Um, so another thing is there's not as many things to master and solve it yeah you could figure it out pretty quick uh what you need to do to you know kill everybody and be like okay i'm done <laughs> to, to, to min max every list yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and i, I kind of saw that unfortunately i think with uh i love the game still dracula's america but uh-huh. uh i think in the beginning when you just had the core book you know you only have so many choices it was kind of like trial and error till you found something that just, it clicked. It worked. It was kind of like, um, you know, no matter what you do, you're killing somebody type of thing. Right. Right. Well, um, Todd makes a good point here on the crunchy. If it's not cr- crunchy, you don't have to put the time in. So you just, you, you master it and you move on. Yeah. So you, you no longer, um, kind of a short life with you. Yeah. And then a setting a story that attracts players to get them to play or try the game. And that, and that's, and I think both of them do that. Um, it's just that it's just it's it's a different approach for what you want. And I see it a lot with the a lot of the historical gamers because we go to a lot of historical game conventions, which incidentally, you would think your your first impression, you would think bringing something like twisted or ring the bell, twisted. Thank you. Or the drowned earth, or something I'm, like I'm that. I'm off tonight, or something. <laughs> to to these historical games that they would be like, you know, they'd be giving you the stink eye, like, what are you doing with that weird stuff at the game? But they're mm-hmm. totally not. They're they've always been so cool to us when we show up with all these weird games, um, 
and yeah. they've, they've been awesome. But their games, man, when they sit down at their table, they are there all day long. They're playing some crunchy games. They have yeah. flip charts and dry erase boards. And I'm like, man, that's too much for me. My that, brain that hurts like just work. looking at that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, that looks sometimes. like work. That, that doesn't look like fun to me. But to some people, it is. That's that's their wheelhouse, man. So can can you think of any uh, intuitive games? I, I mean, I came up with a couple that I think are kind of intuitive. Um, going back to Spaz, uh, I think Monpoc is kind of an intuitive oh, game. Oh, yeah? Once you figure out the basics, you can play the game. I, you know, yeah, so there's a lot of different stats for different monsters in the game. But it's, you know, it's one of those right. games that we were all playing with kids that picked it up like that and they were kicking right. our butts. Yes. I'll tell you, probably the most intuitive game I've ever played is Wings of Glory slash Wings of War. Easy, easiest game. If you know you're left from your right, you yeah. can play you can play it. And I, I have typically, whenever I take that to a game night or something to teach people, inside of five minutes, if you're over the age of 12, inside of five minutes, you're going to be flying that plane like you're supposed to. And we're going to be, but it's also crunchy because you can layer stuff on wings of glory. You can do, you can start changing altitudes. You can have all of these other climb rates and stuff. You can have additional damages. Oh, you, so you can layer all kinds of stuff on it, but as far as intuitive that one, and, and just by proxy, that kind of has to flow into all the games that use the flight path system. So you get the stuff like X wing. Star yep. Trek attack wing dungeons and dragons attack wing because they all used the same system. So it was, it, it's really, really straightforward. Gaslands super intuitive is yep. so straightforward. It's like, let me take this, put it in front of my car and make it go. Besides that, how could you not have the greatest rule in the world, which Gaslands has, if you don't know what the actual rule says, go with whatever causes maximum destruction. That is the best rule ever in a game. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so I like some of these comments that Todd threw up here. Graphs and charts. <laughs> so seventies. That is so seventies, man. But he doesn't bring up a good one. And I, I, I did not put this in our notes, but I kind of think the new version of car wars is intuitive versus the eighties version. I think that's right. crunchy. So right. it's like they went both gambits with that game. Right, exactly. Uh, let's see. So I think, yeah, a lot of Osprey games that they have yep. um, are very intuitive. Uh, like you mentioned, a lot of the mechanics are similar enough yeah. that if you play one, you can play the other. Yep. The differences may be just very minor little things. Um, Anything know, by Ganesha Games, Song of Blades and Heroes rule set. Okay. I mean, that, that engine is super intuitive, super easy, and it goes across all genres of games. So, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, both types can be still be a lot of fun. Uh, depends on your personal taste, exactly what you're looking for in the game yeah. at that time. Uh, do you want to play one to two games in a meetup, or do you want to play, a, you know, a few <laughs> One game hour. over the weekend. Yeah, yeah, or one game in over the weekend. So yeah, it's it's you know, it's kind of what is your personal taste? What are you right. looking for at that time or that weekend? Uh, you know, for a game. I've heard of people yeah. going to cons and they don't even go to the convention because they're stuck in the hotel playing with their buddies, you know, these long games. Right. But right. It's still fun, right? Right. And we had talked about uh Relic Blade being a perfect example of the the flip side of that. Yeah. By Alder. See you later, Alder. Work. <laughs> is, um, 
you know, is you can play five or six games mm-hmm. in an evening at a game night. So, and then of course, one page rules, Tim throws that out there. Uh, Spaz said Raven feast. I'm not familiar with that one, but um, I probably will be after we get off because that's typically what I do is I go look up everything that I haven't heard. We, of. See, even we get suggestions from the <laughs> viewers and then we have to go investigate it. Of course we do. That's, and then that's usually why we make big by. bucks. That's why we make big bucks. Big bucks. Yep. Big yep. bucks. No, no, that's not right. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd have the podcast mansion. That's yeah, right. Yeah. And you wouldn't be cold right now. Yeah. You wouldn't be yeah. cold right now because it's pretty nice here. See, you hit the blur thing. See, you didn't even have to hit the blur button. The heck? You moved. You, you must just be naturally blurry. Damn, man. There, there you go. go. You're just naturally blurry. Well, I think that kind of covers everything. That went, I got I to gotta tell you, that went way faster than I thought it was going to. I Because there was, there's a lot there. In, in the differences between we could probably keep going a little bit yeah. longer on that. And what it really, really, really boils down to is what you want to play and what you're going to have fun with. And yeah. um, I, I, I hate it when people play the game of, of, of mind superior. I don't, it doesn't matter. You know what you play, what you love, you paint, what you love, and, yeah. and you play the games with your friends that you love. And if you're hyper competitive and want to list build and min max, then you do that. And you play with the people that are going to enjoy playing that with you. And if you just want to tell a story, you do that too. That's yeah. really what it all boils down to, because all we're really trying to do is have a little fun, hang out, play with our little plastic toy soldiers. Right. Yep. Yep. There you go. All right, sir. It's your turn this week. And oh, I actually, oh. Yes. And when we get to red bubble, I got something to share. Oh, you got something to share. Yeah. I placed an order today and I, so I got to share this. I went way outside of my norm. I ordered a dark blue Ooh, hoodie yeah. instead of black. It's not black. I like, I don't own any jacket that's not black. I barely own any shirts that aren't black. Look at you so, putting some color in there. I know. Look, I got a little red today, but, uh, but I went ahead and, you know, it's dark blue. You can't really tell that it's blue. It's dark blue. So, okay. So anyway, all right, guys, thanks for joining us tonight. As Todd always says, the fastest 30 minutes in war gaming. We are super glad that you joined us. Don't forget that you can join us any number of other places, anywhere podcasts are hosted. You can find that. We always post our shorts up the next day on to this one might have to wait until Monday because I'm leaving for a convention tomorrow, but you can always find them up on Podbean and all of the podcast hosting thingy-majiggers out there. You can also check us out on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and most importantly, at least right now, is our Discord channel, which is really hopping. So pop on over there and check that out. I um, will post a, a an invite over on the Coastal Con Facebook group if you guys want to check that out. So you can just click it and go over there and check yeah. that out. There's a lot of fun stuff going on over there. Pictures and talking back and forth about stuff. So it's, it's, it's growing and we're really happy with the, the folks that are over there sharing their stuff and getting to see some really great paint jobs and stuff like that. So don't forget to check that out, but you can also email us at indianvasion at gmail.com. If you know of any of those games that we don't know about, like Raven feast, or to force us to go over and finally click the button on one page rules. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate that one. Um, and thanks, Bob, for having my back on Starfleet Battles. I probably <laughs> want to play Starfleet Battles now. You can also check us out on the Coastal Con website, coastaltext.com, where you can check out all the links to all of these places 
head over there, check it out after Coastal Con 2022. I will have some new picks up there of our slightly reduced in size con, but hey, never know what's going to happen. Yeah. 2023, right? You never know. You can also check us out on Patreon if you like what you hear, you want to support us, throw a couple pennies at us, um, help us pay the boatman at the river sticks. We would appreciate that so that we can get across the river. But check us out on Patreon and our favorite place of late, as you can see, Eric has his hat on and his hoodie, redbubble.com. You can check out Indie Invasion over there. We have all of our logos and stuff. You can put them on a, a shirt, an iPad cover, a pillow. No ready for this. What? Uh, what? Okay, Red Bubble. Go ahead. Technically, not a mini skirt, but here you go, Spaz. Bam! Oh, come on, Spaz. There it is. It's kind of mini. A line dress. Come on. You you, you get a small enough version, right? Yeah. Okay. So Spaz, for those that don't know, Spaz has been telling us that he's he wants the red the uh, indie invasion mini skirt. There you go. That looks like as close as we're going to get, buddy. That's pretty close, though. I'm just throwing that out there. That's pretty doggone close. Not, not to mention the fact that I'm sure that you can pick it in any of our logos. So you can have the shorts icon. You can have the spaceship. You can have the logo itself. Perfect. Yep. Perfect. And Todd says throw some knee-high socks on there, which there are Indian Invasion socks. So... There you no go. Use there, but uh, <laughs> well, I'm super excited now. I can't wait to see the pictures fast. I'm so excited. Uh, I couldn't resist. I, I was like, okay, yeah, I've been putting perfect. that off. I gotta that get was, that done. That was too perfect. That was too perfect. <laughs> Anyways, guys, thanks for joining us for the fastest 30 minutes in gaming. We are glad that you joined us as we embark on to and into the new year. Don't forget about your hobby goals that you set up as we solve yeah. the gaming problems one game at a time. And as always, my friends, prepare yourself for the invasion.